And it's what we've been talking about. We don't need a dead religious system without God, without miracles, without life, without stunning things that grab our attention, right? Like we, I don't need that. I don't need a stale religion. I don't need a Christianity without supernatural God stuff happening, right? Come on, bro. And that's what we've been talking about. But, you know, for some, it's hard. Some, is, some, of, some of you are saying, like, well, where do I start? You know, like, we know, yeah, prayer block. <laughs> Good job, brother. <laughs> it is true. Listen, some people, they've, they make that, you know, what, whoever you are is what you bring into every situation you're in. Right? So if you go to church and you're stale and you don't have a fresh relationship with God that's established in the Word, then church is stale. If you go to a prayer block, it doesn't matter what you do. We need fresh infusion. We need God to come in. And I'm telling you, folks, there is God's Spirit is moving, He's moving on hearts. All you have to do is just Invite him in and be willing to abandon your way, your rigid system that has created something in your life that you're comfortable with. And it is impossible to be comfortable with God if he is alive and active. Because God, he's not, doesn't bring comfort to situations. He does if you're in pain and you're so... But if you are walking with God, you cannot be comfortable. Why? Because he's infinite. He's far beyond everything that we know. His ways are above ours. His thoughts are above ours. And so if we invite this God who is far beyond us, who is walking with us, he's constantly opening our eyes. He's constantly challenging our complacencies and our and our real false human comforts. And he's saying, I want to be great in your life. Will you open my, your heart and let me in? And that is what we're, that's what I've been challenging for weeks and weeks is, will you let God in? Will you say, God, I'm tired of my dead religion? That is the most toxic thing for a believer and a follower of Jesus is toxic religion. Because it pushes out God and creates complacency and things that you can control and that you can manage. And that is not God. God is into, and you know, it's wonderful because Hal is fresh in the faith, right? He doesn't have baggage. He just is like, oh, I love this place. I love God. He's moving in my heart, my life. It's, it's, he's alive, and I'm saying, folks, we can live in that place as a way of life. Amen. We can do it. We can live in that place. And I'll tell you, that is the kind of atmosphere when you live in that place and just allow a relationship with God to just overtake your heart. Amen. This is what we've been talking about. Like, we've been trying to abandon humanism, which is that human-centered way of living and embrace a Christ-centered, supernatural, God-drenched way of life. Walking away from the fall where 
Eve knew the word and chose her way rather than God's way. This is where we talked last week about declaring the word over your life. Did you practice that this week? Did you talk about it in life group? Did you say, hey, these are the ways that I'm declaring God's word over my life? I think it's amazing that Hal's like, I didn't declare the word over my own arm. So I did. And guess what God did? God healed him. And if we'll just do simple things like declare God's word, we choose to release our own way of thinking, our preference, our, the way we want things done, and just embrace him and say, God, come in. Come in. I choose your truth. I choose your way. I want to really speak to, um, especially those of you who shared, Hal, Eric, and, you know, Barb, I, I call her Babs. That's my nickname from years and years. But what God's been doing in you, even in declaring the word, like you shared in Life Group this week, right? It's like, just a little bit. <laughs> just share what you've kind of like done. Like you started stepping out, kind of like we, I've, I heard like raving testimonies about oh, you stepping. The adult Sunday school. Yeah, exactly. Just share really quick. And the adult Sunday school, um, Tim would always say, you have to, you know, speak the word, read it out loud. And there's a scripture that says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And it was like dawn lights on Marblehead. I never got it until then. And, and it was like everything that we were learning in our class was either sung in a song or preached. Or, and it was like the whole 12 weeks. It was just amazing. And so what did you start doing in your life? Started reading the word out loud. So I'm learning and I'm hearing. I have questions, but I'm learning. So what are some of the things you've seen happen? Like, what was the result? I'm spending more time in the Word. So <laughs> Which is not me. <laughs> I know, and now you're like sharing publicly here. Thank you. <laughs> it's because I, I, I have certain liberties with her because it's my birthday. So <laughs> otherwise, she might not have testified. That's why I was like, kind of like Jehovah Sneaky. I tried to come in like the Lord and just, hey, what's happening? <laughs> But I think that's powerful. See, it's like, it starts, it's so practical. Like, and that's what I, I want us to just embrace practical ways because God is powerful enough. We don't need programs and gimmicks and all that kind of stuff. We just somehow, folks, something has to click in our minds and our hearts to say, Lord, you really are the God, the creator, the one who reigns over everything, and you really care about humans, and you want to be involved in their lives. And for us to actually realize that and then start inviting him in and start taking these practical stands like her, reading the word out loud, publicly. I mean, that's why I, I want to I speak to, what I was saying is I want to speak to all of you who have felt like God is, you've encountered God. You've, and, and as a church body, I'll, I'll say this. We have individually, people are getting touched by God, like in powerful ways. As a body, 
February 19th, you know, we had had repeated visitations with repentance, with worship and presence and prayer. All of these things, I liken that to the church the same as individual encounters like Eric had and Hal had and Barbara had. And many of you had, you've, you've had these times where you're like, I'll never forget what he did. I experienced God, I encountered God. The other night I came in and I just got so blasted. I came and filled a block that was empty. And so I said, okay. And I came in and just the minute I was singing a song about God setting the stars in the heavens. And I just fell apart and just started weeping because I'm like, the revelation of the reality of the greatness of God hit my heart. Amen. You know, and I was just like, this is outrageous. He knows them by name. He placed the stars in the heaven, stars that we just see light years later, right? He wakes up and says, Fred, burn bright today. I'm so happy how I created you. Gertrude, Oh, you are beautiful. I love the form of how I created you. I mean, he knows them by name. He intimately created them. Amen. This is God. And the message that is on my heart today is that we need to persevere and cultivate these things. Like these encounters are for one reason, to bring us from A to B. What is B? Maturity in Christ, growth, maturity, a place of habitation. I would say like Eric, Barbara, Hal, many of us, me, the other day in prayer block, it was it's just so amazing. You, I love getting touched by God. He's so precious. He's, it marks your life. But where do you go from there? Okay, where do we go from getting touched on February 19th a year ago? Well, what happened is we pressed through a real awkward confrontational time where he was trying to teach us prayer. And I'll tell you, this place and this, these prayer blocks, they maintain some of my prayer life that wouldn't be maintained without them. I'm telling you, it's like the gym. You know, some of you can work out at home. <laughs> Never worked really for me. It's best if you get out and go there and get in a routine of getting out and going to. Getting out and going to. Getting out and going to. And it's a habit. And you have this, this thing begin to be maintained where you have a, a practice of something. You know, when we gather on church, this is a practice of godliness. Hearing from the Lord. Encouraging one another. All of these things are meant to be practices to bring us to these places. And so I want to kind of talk about that and encourage us in that. And I'm going to read a little excerpt because I just thought it was really good. Um, Michael Brown wrote a book, Seize the Moment. And, you know, he was part of a, he's an amazing teacher, but was part of a Brownsville revival. It was an assembly church that just got hit by God and there was just, Powerful times there of salvations and things like that. But one of the things that um, he shared, and I just want to read it because it, it puts it in a really good, good way. He said, it's common to speak about being ruined by revival. Now, let's just frame that, though. 
Because when we talk about revival, I'm talking about Hal's experience. I'm talking about what our church encountered when we had two weeks of just outpouring here. They are exceptional manifestations of God that mark our life, right? It's like Eric. He experienced, he encountered God, had a revival in his heart in Brazil. And many of us know, you have know, because I, I look at your eyes and you're like, I was there, I know. Listen to this. It's common to speak about being ruined by revival in a good sense, meaning once you've experienced the glories of real outpouring or encounter with God, right? You simply can't go back to church as usual. You've tasted, you've seen, you know there's more. How can you accept the old status quo? This is perfectly understandable. After all, why walk when you can drive? Or why drive when you can fly? Once you've experienced faster travel, it's hard to go back to the old ways of transportation again. But this can also be unhealthy, producing an unholy dissatisfaction and discontent rather than a healthy spiritual hunger. Being ruined by revival can lead to negative, critical spirit that is always pining for the, the past as opposed to a faith-filled, forward-looking spirit that builds on the past. Being ruined by revival can also result in what we used to call revival junkies. People who go from hot spot to hot spot looking for the latest, freshest touch of God, similar to drug addicts going from high to high. This too is very unhealthy. The solution to all this is to move from visitation to habitation. From revival that at most will last years to a revival culture that could potentially last for decades, from a deluge to a steady stream, from thunderstorms to irrigation channels. The solution is to consolidate the results of revival in a lasting way. And this is what we've been really preaching, because we're not, we're not strangers to revival. Many have been, I was steeped in it for four or five years, like weekly, every day weak outpouring. That took cultivation. It took practice. It took discipline. It took yielding our hearts. It took, it took stewarding God's deposit in our midst. What we've stewarded with the prayer movement here is exactly that. We took a deposit that the Lord placed within our, within our midst, and we have fanned it to flame, and we have accommodated him, and we've told him, we love you, Lord. We are doing this. We're not doing this out of hype. Yes, revival ended, folks, after two weeks. What are we doing now? We're stewarding. We're accommodating God when all the sexiness is gone, when all the splash and the thrill is gone. We're staying faithful. This is what maturity and growth is about. That you continue to persevere and you build on the revival. You build on the encounter. So that now Eric has gone from, if we could invent some system, I'm just making this up, but it gives us an idea how to gauge this. But if Eric in Brazil went from a two to a six, his goal now should be to maintain that six. 
through stewardship. <laughs> yeah. And then, but we, 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 we do that. And then that six for our life becomes a two again. Do you understand what I'm saying? We're supposed to grow from faith to faith, glory to glory. Like, we're never supposed to remain status quo. If, if you don't remember the last thing God did fresh in your life, then you're not growing. You've, you've become static, complacent. And when things become like that, it's called atrophy. You start losing the use of different things. And God's constantly calling us faith to faith, glory to glory. Deeper in his heart, more established, more unshakable. And it comes from these simple things of like stewarding what God has done. Hal got healed by God because he declared the word. Now, Hal, you got you to gotta walk that thing out. Even when the, the emotional experience wanes some, you're like, no. I'm going to declare the word. I'm going to walk this out. This is going to become my new normal now. This place that God brought me to through this encounter, that's my new normal, and I'm going to establish that as a stronghold for God. I will sow into that. I will speak into that. I will pray into that. Does that make sense? Anyway, I'm going to just... Read this last part because I thought this was really good. He had said along these lines, you've gone from the casual stroll of compromise and complacency before encounter to an all-out exhausting sprint of passion and devotion and hunger during revival. Anyone those first two weeks, you know what happened after the first two weeks. People were like dropping, like on the ground. Oh, they were exhausted after hungry, after pursuing the Lord in great fervor. Then you go to a healthy jog with some spurts along the way after revival. The first was unacceptable, complacency and oh, what did I say? Compromise. The second was unsustainable. I mean, really, during revival, I made a joke about it, but try doing it four years straight. I mean, seriously, it was almost impossible to keep up on cleaning the house, doing the laundry. I mean, you had to really, really focus to even take care of normal, everyday life. It was just visitation of God that was just, it marked your life forever. But the third can endure for a long haul without compromise or complacency, a steady jog with sprints, settling back in. So to speak to everybody in the room, because everyone's in different places, if you haven't encountered the Lord, open your heart up and invite him in. Ask him, say, I mean, it's, it's like Hal. Hal didn't have people up here to get prayer on a Sunday. So wow, what an example to us. When you don't see something and you have a need, go after God. So he nudged someone next to him and said, hey, 
Um, what do I do? There's no one up there for prayer. I want someone to pray for me. I need, I have a need before the Lord. Don't worry. We'll get a little group around you here and we'll just pray and ask God to come. And then that happens. He gets touched. He goes home. He comes to prayer block and then says, you know, I haven't asked God or I don't know if God spoke to him or whatever. Forget the story here already. But point is he takes initiative for his own life and begins to declare the word over his life and healing comes. Do you see that whole process there? That is the practical outworking that every single one of us are facing. So if you're here and you're like, I've never had this kind of experience with God. Maybe you don't know the Lord for real. You've never invited him into your heart. You've never acknowledged Jesus. You died on the cross for my sins. I want to receive you today. I want to receive that free gift. I want to receive your sacrifice for me. And I want you to come and live inside me. And the Bible says that his spirit comes and indwells in you. And so you ask him to come in. If you're here today, don't leave this place. If you're listening at home, don't, don't leave that TV, computer, phone, whatever you're on. Until you literally say, Jesus, I want you right now. I need you. Come into my life. I receive the free gift of Jesus. For the rest of us, we are here. Some of you have served the Lord for a very long time. 30, 40, higher. 50? Can I hear a 60? 60 years. 35. Hallelujah, Mike. Say bon mon frère. You're a liar, liar, pants on fire, Bruce. This is how we do it, Bruce. Yes. So glad you're here today, bud. <laughs> Amen, Bruce. Some of you have been saved a very long time, and for you, you have to fight dead religion. You have to fight pride. You have to fight familiarity. You have to fight, like, I've, I've been there, done that. No, you haven't. You've been there and done that for point oh 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 one percent of God. In your 50, 60 years, you know nothing about an infinite God. That's scientific, too. Figure that out. Figure out what 100 is compared to infinity. It's nothing. God is so much greater than us. And we get it all figured out and say, oh, I know him. Hallelujah. I am established in him. No, you're established in a point zero 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 one. Infinity point oh one. We've just been given a word that is an expression of God that we can be confident on and build our lives around. So when we are reading the word publicly, as we're told in First Timothy four, and as we're declaring the word over our life, 
We're using just a small, small portion of God and his reality and his infinite power in our lives. We're just expressing, consider that. The greatest glory that we've ever seen on earth is a result of God expressing just a small, slight little light beam sliver of who he is. And we think we got it all together as a church or churches across New England. We don't. We need to repent drastically of limiting God, of doubt and unbelief, of dead religion. Oh, the world is so hungry for it, folks. The world is so hungry for real, authentic faith. I was, I had this, I had this privilege to open up like for a gathering of like 10,000 people the other day. And it was a powerful time. But one of the things that struck me the most was, um, I rewatched it so I could kind of like, I like to just watch and and here when you're not doing it. And one of the things that like blessed me the most, and it was my prayer, it was the reason I did it. I did it for evangelism. I did it because I wanted to be a witness and a light. My greatest prayer was that some heart, somehow, would be pricked by God's love. That they'd see it. And I feel like God answered it, but then I was watching it again, and... Um, as I was praying, I saw, like, when I said, would you join together with me in the Lord's, in praying the Lord's prayer? And so 10,000 people start like, our Father, who art in heaven. And this is like, this is not a Christian event. I mean, it was remarkable to me. I was like, and I felt like God dropped it in my heart to like, do this. The first time didn't, I, I it felt better, but the first time I used some modern translation and people just stopped. They, you know, so I went back to the, the true Catholic version, our father who art in heaven. It was hard to find. It's like the, the um, authorized King James. The only, it's King James doesn't even work. It's not even the same prayer that I learned as a kid and that all these other people. So I used that prayer and it worked because people just started saying it. And this was at a non-Christian event. People are declaring the Lord's prayer is powerful. It's like, a, it's like an invocation to the heavens to say, come on earth as it is in heaven. And so, but this is my point is, as I was watching it, I saw like that alone was a a massive challenge to people because I, I watched and they had young people all lined up behind me facing out. So when I was praying, I, I watched and the kids to the left were like, and they started saying it. You could see their mouths move. Kids to the right was like looking at his girlfriend going, I don't even know this prayer. And I started looking around because the camera was getting different shots and you saw people saying it and then other people looking around saying like, I don't know this prayer. Like, But what blessed me the most is the Lord was like, I'm causing people to realize they need something. And so I saw these people and they just, you know, everyone's praying. So they're just kind of going, oh, but I guarantee these folks went home and said, I don't know the Lord's prayer and thousands of other people around me do. 
maybe I need God. And that is my prayer that he spoke to hearts and he said this. But I'm telling you, folks, something simple. We're not talking about these drastic, crazy invasions of God. We're talking all you have to do is be obedient to release the word. And heaven is released. And, and just a, an infinite fraction of heaven being released can change a person's life for eternity. And this is what I want to encourage you with. You need to break off shackles of doubt and unbelief that say like you have, that you're not able to grow with God, that you can't hear God, that you can't be used by him. And all you have to do is be willing this small little amount. And if God breaks in in the slightest way, it will bring transformation to your life. But we got to see it first. We got to realize that we've created this thing where we don't need God. We don't invite him in. We don't wake up and say, oh, Lord, I'm awake. Well, what are we doing today? What do you have for me? Break into my life, Lord. I, I double dog dare you to do that. Just wake up and I dare you to invite God into your life to do something out of the ordinary. And I'm telling you, folks, if we would do that, if we would keep doing what I talked about last week, declaring the word, reading the word out loud. I'm telling you, we would have five hell testimonies. We'd have five Barbara testimonies. We'd have 20 Eric testimonies. And even for people who have served the Lord for 50 years. Okay, wait. I got to get in this other room. Where's the microphone? You're not going to trip me. Hey, guys. Welcome to the cool side. Did you guys hear that over there? Oh, there we are. Did you guys hear that over there? I walked in and they said, welcome to the cool side. Hey, you guys should show them on the screen over here. There. Yeah, there you go. I want to challenge you guys. You know, you're here. And regardless of whether you don't believe in God and you've never experienced his power before, or whether you've served him for decades. I'm asking you to repent of your pride and your familiarity and all your lofty human assumptions and let God show up and rock your life. Can we be like little children who come before him and say, Lord, I don't know anything, but you know, you're really awesome. And I want to be with you. Think our grandkids like come and say, can we talk some theology as two-year-olds? No. What do they do? They jump on your lap, pull on you, and just say, I want to just sit here and be with you. They don't even say that. They just look at you. <laughs> well, why don't we do that with God some? Why don't we seriously do that? I'm talking from a pure innocent heart.
Open the word and read it. And let it be spoken. Let it fill the atmosphere. Let it fill your thoughts. Let it fill your mind. I'm telling you, I, I truly believe if we will give ourselves to the simplicity of a relationship with God and we will pour ourselves into it, he is going to do extraordinary things. He's going to shift, transform us. And the outworking is going to be like it says in Timothy, that if you absorb yourself in these things and pour into them to the public green of scripture, to all of these things that are laid out there, you will save yourself and you'll save those around you. There is an authentic witness that is released when we have a relationship with Jesus. Can we just, can we just invite him in? Can we just invite him in and, and just forget about all the obstacles, forget about, well, but, but I've never been able to really pray and forget about all that. Little kid jumping on the father's lap and just saying, Lord, oh, I love you. I want you in my life. That's what he wants to hear. And he wants you to get rid of your dead religion. He wants you to get rid of all that stale, dead stuff. Get rid of the humanism. Get rid of all your, your pride, your theological pride. You're pride about all that you know instead of realizing you don't know anything. We don't know anything when we're talking about an infinite God. We've been given the word and that's all we have. But that word is not a comprehensive, exhaustive totality of who he is. You couldn't put it in writing, it's so much. But it gives us enough to have certainty and have an understanding that he is unchangeable. His nature is unfailing. It gives us a, a big enough picture to have faith in God <laughs> and to be saved and to enter into a path to glory in heaven where we're going to be received and we're going to have forever eternity to like take in who he is, his glory, his goodness. Think about that. That's why the elders are surrounding his throne 24-7. And they're not yawning and getting bored. They are fascinated, caught up, like, like there was, there's just a complete infatuation, fascination with God because he is so infinite. Some of you have tasted it in your encounters with God. Like those times, like, you know, when I'm in that prayer block and I just like am overcome with the greatness of God. And I just, I just started melting and weeping and just crying out to God. It was so cool. It's wonderful. You know, when you come with faith to those things, because one of my, my prayers is Lord, when I show up, I just, sometimes I like to be alone. Most of the time I like to be alone, but like it blesses my socks off when someone comes in because they saw it online. Like Noah the other night, I was, I'm just weeping. And then I look up and I see Noah just going, oh Lord, oh. He was in bed and was watching the prayer blocks online and something just stirred in his heart and he got his clothes on and came down. And then um, another woman walked in. She's always there at the night watches playing beautifully on the violin doing hymns and 
She plays so well that they censor her because they think it's a recording. It's all the time. Because you have to be a little irregular so that, you know, YouTube and Facebook don't shut you down because they think it's copyrighted music. So she does so well with bands, they think it's like a recording. So they're like, oh, you're using copyrighted music. She has to try to mess up once in a while just to keep them off, off her tail. But it was so special. And you know, that's my prayer. Will you, will you let life be fresh and, and flee staleness? We are constantly being chased down by stale religion. It's like, it's, they're like rats trying to like grab a hold of us and chew on us. They, staleness of life, humanism, it's always just the, the cares of this world. You know, the deceitfulness of riches. All these things are just always trying to like just eat you apart and steal your, your love, your first love for Jesus. And we're never going to escape that, but we can come become very skilled at being built up so that it doesn't, they don't even want us because they're like, if I, if I bite and try to steal from them, I'll die because it's poison to me. Because we're built up, we're walking, we're Christ-centered, we're focused on Him. Our hearts are full. We are pursuing a burning lover of our soul. We're like... Ah, but it takes that practice, cultivation, nurturing. We got to walk in it in a regular way all the time. You know, it's not something like I've been doing French, getting ready for the French uh, trip, the encounter. So I'm like, I'm going to be fluent before I go. And so every day I'm doing French and I'm a little competitive and there's this competitive mechanism built in. So I'm like, got to be top three in the league third week in a row going on four but Stephanie's like oh no it's French again because she knows that I'm like Steph you gotta leave me alone I gotta focus here I'm learning French and she's like and I'm like hun with languages like you can't miss you got to be you got to do it it has to be you have to be immersed in it all the time doing it to where it becomes second nature that is what it's like with the Lord folks you can't just throw God a bone every week, read a little devotion scripture in the morning for two minutes, and then live your life like normal and think your life will be a true, abundant Christian life. It takes all throughout the day, looking, inviting him. You don't have to like open your Bible, set up a desk and have this formal prayer time. It's like, it's much better to like all throughout the day, read a scripture sit and meditate it, chew on it while you're like going about your business, your work. Then every, every hour you're like, I, I've met people, it's very effective, setting your alarm. I'm trying to give you practical things to cultivate what I'm talking about. Set your alarm every hour. Alarm goes off and you're like, Lord, you're there. Come, be with me today. Another hour goes, Lord, come, be with me today. It's the consistency. It's the cultivation all throughout the day. That's why it says pray continuously, unceasing. It's a way of life. It's, a, it's, a, it's an existence, a reality. And it doesn't work just throwing it in there once in a while. I heard more of, than what Hal told. Hal said he went to work and then started like they said, where's your brace? 
what's going on? You should have that on. And he, and he starts crying and telling them about what God did. And I mean, it's like, but that's what I'm talking about. It's all through his life. It's like, we got to just live authentic lives. Let's go after it. Come on. Okay, I'm, I'm done. Let's just cry out to God now, okay? Like, respond to him just in your way, where you're at with the Lord. Oh. Here you go. I got to leave this here. Come on. Let's respond to God here. Let's just ask him. Let's say, Lord, come. Would you come and do a work in my life, in my heart? And you know what? Today, I just feel like we just need to do Hal style. Let's just like where you are, just if you want prayer, you know, I, I challenge you to first just seek God alone. Let it be out of your heart. Come to this place where you say, Lord, Will you do something fresh in my heart? Will you do something fresh in my life? And then you commit to taking steps like reading the word out loud, praying, declaring the word. Take a block and come and just read the Bible and then pray about it. Change the atmosphere. We're in a long haul. We're not in a race. We're in a, a jog with spurts, right? We're, we're in a a slow cooking process of transformation where a wonderful stew that's being like all the parts of our life are becoming savory and we have people around us that are carrots and potatoes and we're all being melded together as one big body of Christ. It's, it's close to the end of the church. I'm thinking about food. Let's just pray. Come on. Respond to God. And then what I want you to do is after you do it personally, I want you to just grab the person around you, maybe your spouse, and then if you need prayer, just ask someone. You know, it's going to do something good for body ministry and life today. Just say, would you just pray? Pray for me. I have this need. Find someone. Seek someone out. We're going hell style today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord pray for a fresh work today, Father God, in hearts and minds. Such a practical engagement of hungering and asking you to come in our hearts and our lives, Father God. And you are God, so you are able to do far beyond what we ask or think. So be God in our midst today, in every heart, in every mind, Father. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Come on, let's just respond to him.
to worship Come and lift up my head I have seen you I responding to God, join join together with your spouse or someone around you. You know, and if you're like, you know, I, I just don't even know how to respond to God, just tell people next to you, pray for me. I, I don't even know what to pray or how to respond to God. Let's just spread it and open it up some here. Just be led by the Spirit here. Let's just, let's pray for God to just increase over people's hearts and minds and thoughts. Ask Him to invade your family. Ask Him to come and just Touch your household. Fill your kids with hunger. Keep them as they sleep. Let the word keep them and speak to them when they wake. Pray for supernatural activity and in your sleep, in your kids' sleep, in the household at night, that the Spirit of the Lord would move and change and transform. We don't have to be aware of everything God is doing, you know. He is God. Ask him to do those things. Say, God, do things that I don't even know about, Lord. Thank you for that. Some of you don't know how to thank, be thankful. Thank God for what you don't know. Thank you for sparing me, keeping me safe. Thank you for providing. Thank you for sustaining. And thank you, Father. Thank you for giving me health. Thank you for sparing my life. Thank you for caring about everything about me. <laughs> 